Supporting your kid through childhood athletics can be one of the true joys of parenting. I know it has for me. But for some parents, it opens the door to uncomfortable situations, bad behavior, and regrettable decisions. On this episode, we'll explore these situations and talk about how you can not only avoid becoming that parent, but how you can be the best sports parent you can be. Join me, Dorian Jackson, along with JJ Williams, for Life is a Game of Inches. Listen, it's been a little while since we've uh, spent some time together. Matter of fact, it's been something like four or five months, but, you know, getting through the end of COVID, sort of transitioning into 2021 and going through a few changes that I will share in a few minutes. I'm so excited. I think I'm yelling just to kick this thing off. But when you hear about the exciting things that we have going on, you're going to understand why. First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to Lindsay Tuiofu. As you know, she was my uh, co-host in the previous Life is a Game of Inches podcast, did a fantastic job. I really, really enjoyed working with her. But you know, life takes changes and, and we have to make adjustments at some particular point in time. And Lindsay had to step away from Life is a Game of Inches and go off and do some other things. So between that and looking for a new co-host, time just kind of flew by. But here we are once again, and I've got a new co-host. Let me tell you something. This guy, I, it's almost like I found him at a comedy show, but I didn't. He is going to introduce himself here in a second, but I wanted to tell you, it's so good to be back. I'm glad to be back with you guys. We got a full slate of great topics that we're going to bring to you. To, uh, to you. And without further ado, I want to welcome my man, JJ Williams to Life is a Game of Inches podcast. JJ, what's up? Did you... Did you plug in the the music? What music? Like you? My, want... I want intro music. Really, intro music? You know what? The next podcast dum, we will make dum, sure. Dum 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 dum. Introducing JJ Williams. See? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do today. But remember, oh. life is a game of inches. That's what we're going to talk about. That's right. I do remember every little bit, every little choice, every little thing makes a difference, right? Totally. That's what we talked about. Right, that one yard line thing. Oh that, yeah, that right, that extra shot, that that sideline tippy toe that you have to do, Ooh, just that. Li- but how'd you get to that spot? We'll talk about that. Shortly. Right, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Well, I'm JJ Williams, straight out of Middletown, Pennsylvania, East Coast, mobile home, break dancing, sneakerhead, sociology major, civil rights minor, hip hop head, JJ Williams. Cigar aficionado, right now, I am having a blast getting to know more and more about Dorian Jackson. I'm so excited to be sitting next to Dorian Jackson, DJ, if you will. You know what's really cool? Or the D. Is we get to sit in the same room, hanging out, talking, having a blast every single time we do this. I love it. I love it. That's what we do. Bro, I, I can't, first and foremost. I mean, isn't that yeah. how it came about, right? It came about because we just started talking about issues. And then you said, well, I'm starting a podcast. And then I start listening to podcasts. Wow. And I'm like, now I'm here. You were hooked. This is crazy, dude. We're sitting in the cigar lounge, having a nice smoke, talking about, I mean, we're solving life's problems. It's true. And, and then we go, wait a second. We should do this together. And the next thing you know, we're now recording our first podcast podcast together. 
on life as a game of inches. I mean, it's it's interesting because I'll tell you guys something. When I first met this cat, I'm like, man, I hope they don't hire him. And then they hired him. And I said, well, it's a good thing they didn't listen to me because now we're sitting together side by side and we've become really good friends, getting to know one another. But we don't think anything really alike. Like we agree on a lot of topics. But what I think our listeners are going to learn is that we have different points of view. Well, I think one of the things that's really amazing about our relationship is, is that you're not my boss. You're not like you're you're a contemporary of mine. And I I value what your opinions are. There are just times that I just think you're dead wrong. Wait, you dead wrong is a little bit. Uh, no, no, no. There are some times you are wrong. Really? You told me today <laughs> that you didn't like Cobra Kai. Uh, yeah. Wrong. That's a wrong statement, okay. Dorian. You oh. don't know how wrong you are. Okay, but what does that have to do with it? It's, I'm just it's, saying. It's a, it's, a, it's a TV show. There are things Who that you cares? do. So, what's today's topic? Today's topic. Let's get into this. Today's topic is about sports parenting. And you've been perfect. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to get I want to get into this because I'm excited to hear you talk about your experiences as a sports parent because you are a sports parent. I'm a sports parent. We're, we're I think we're going to we're, we're going to talk a lot about sports parenting. We're going to talk about parents who didn't play sports. We're going to talk about parents who did play sports. We're going to talk about overbearing parents. I mean, this we're not going to get through every single topic about sports parents today. Like there's no possible way. There's so many crazy sports parents out there. But I guess going back to what JJ said, he he called me dead wrong. Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I want to just tell you how, how excited I am, honored I am to be sitting here next to you. Uh, and just to be able to give you the business for the next hour. Yeah. I think it's going to be fantastic. So do I. JJ, I, I could not be happier. <clears throat> and again, you know, shout out and kudos to the job that Lindsay and I did. Uh, we had a great time. And I know at a certain particular point in time, We'll have her back on as a guest, as we will have lots of guest speakers uh, down the road. But for today, we're going to get into talking about sports parents. You know, JJ is a sports guy. Matter of fact, before we came on air, he was telling me a story about um, about his dad and and how when he was 10 years old, his dad sort of said, I'll let him tell the story here in a minute. His dad said something about, you know, if your arm hurts, just work through it. And uh, And I'll give you guys a little bit of my opinion on working through injuries at 10 years old. But there's a couple different topics we're going to broach today. One is, again, parents who played sports versus those that didn't and how that impacts your environment. Not just the environment, JJ, on the field, but how does it impact the environment off the field? So let's let's go to that topic. You're, did your dad play sports? Yes. Yes. My dad was a major league baseball player, so he played triple A AAA for the Cubs. Um, cubby, huh? Yeah, he's a cubby. Uh, he was, you know, he's in the Pennsylvania Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, he's 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 a big deal. He was a coach for 25 years. Um, he was he has over 500 wins. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 a pretty big deal. And you know, the story that I was talking with you about was the differences between what people did then and kind of maybe how things happen now. You know what I mean? And and as a 10-year-old, I was a pretty – I was actually a really good pitcher. Dude, everybody thinks they're good at 10. 
just so just so you know i'm just i'm just teasing it every i mean every that's what we, parents think their kids are great at 10 kids think they're great at 10. well i was an all-star every kid's an all-star at 10. No, no no this was back before everyone was an all-star i was actually an all-star every year okay all right fair enough go ahead yeah i, I don't think you think i was very good no, I didn't say anything. You were very good. I just no. I'm, you, you I'm were, pointing out you to our listeners. You were extremely condescending I'm, I'm with the way that you said everyone. Everyone. I mean, let me just say it like this: everyone is good at ten. I'm pointing. No, no, out, no. We had terrible kids on our team at ten. I'm pointing out that the point I'm making is that every parent thinks their kids are good at ten, and every ten-year-old thinks they're good at ten. Okay. That's all. But so, since you were an all-star, no, no. you were different. You were a different category. You're different. So, level. Yeah. Here we go. So listen, this is the first part we have to talk about. I don't believe that every parent does believe their kid is great. I think there are some parents who just love the fact that their kid's on a team and having fun and being friends with people. And then there are people like who surrounded me who were like, you need to be great. You need to be taking ground balls every day at 10 years old. You need to be going to the wall and throwing that ball against the wall, practicing your pitches. You, you've got to like push yourself. You got to go to the batting cages. My dad would throw hours and hours of batting practice to me on the field. So I do believe there's two kinds of, probably there's more, but let's just go with two. There's the kind that push. And then there's a the kind that just are so happy. Those aren't the all-stars. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. Some of them are just happy to be there, right? Would you agree that there's maybe those two camps, right? There's the camps that after the game, the parents are coming up, hugging them. Great job, Jimmy. You went 0 for 7. You had 16 errors and you struck out every time, but great job. And then you've got the other ones that are like, you only went 3 for 4. What happened on that last one? You struck out. Why'd you strike out? It was a curveball. We practiced curveballs. And I'm talking Little League, not even getting into what it was like high school, college, and therefore. What do you think? No, I agree with the, the concept of there are a couple different categories of parents, which ends up making a couple different categories of kids. So you, you do have the, your dad played sports. So he knew to a certain degree what it takes to push you, to get you to the next level, if that's what you desire. And then you have the parent who has no concept of this particular sport that the kid's playing. Maybe they're an educator. They've never played sports. That's not their thing, but they put their kids in sports because it's the right thing to do, right? It teaches camaraderie, teamwork, you know, positive thought process, the like. What we're trying to figure out, though, is at what point is too much too much, whether you're a person that played sports like yourself and myself who played sports and we're teaching kids to be better at sports, where do you draw the line between pushing them too hard? and not pushing them hard enough versus the parent who says, listen, it doesn't really matter to me what ends up happening to my kid in sports. I just want him to be out there playing. Where do you draw that line? And how do you teach parents to be able to rein it back before they end up causing their kid an injury or they cause their kid to say, hey, I don't want to play anymore? Because there is a fine line. Like you said, your dad pushed you through soreness of arm because that's what he learned. That's what he knew. Throw it out, baby. Throw it Throw out. Throw it right? out. Throw and, your arm out. And you, and, and it worked out for you. And today, if you hear a kid at 10 years old or 12 years old or 14 has a sore arm, you sit them down until they're healthy. So where do you, how do you communicate that to the parent to say, hey, listen, 
there's a fine line and you have to look at where that line is so that you don't cross it. I think for us on this podcast, right, we are we are reaching out to people who may be questioning which parent they are and how can we help them move in the direction they want to move. So it's not only how do you scale back the crazy parent who's yelling and screaming on the sidelines, but maybe it's also how do you motivate a parent to say, you know, Jimmy, with a little bit more practice, maybe you'd get a couple more at bats. How can I help you do that? Right? That's a that's a really that's something that people need. Parents need. They need to understand the pullback, but also maybe the little bit of push behind, the little bit of something that's gonna maybe make them just have a better experience. It's gotta suck to strike out every time. Sure. I personally don't know what that's like. I was an all-star. <laughs> if, if you guys could have seen me, you know I just rolled my eyes because he's telling everyone how happy he was to be an all-star 10 years old, which is which is great. And at 12. Which is great, Jay. And at 14. But as you say that, the thing that comes to my mind is the, the same parent who stands in this or sits in the stands that pushes their kid to the brink of injury or wanting to quit. Are they the same parent that does the same thing at home when it comes to the education? I'm willing to bet there's a difference. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the difference right, between right. teaching, hey, listen, you got to do your homework if you want better grades. You have to study more. You have to read more. Right. You have to pay attention in class. The parent at home who's, who pushes a kid to do better in the classroom is probably going to behave differently in the sports world. And what I mean by that is, again, that parent who played sports has a little bit more information versus the one that doesn't. But isn't it just common sense of how far you're going to push before you push too far? Let's okay. So common sense. Let's let's lay out a scenario. It's a Sunday afternoon. Let's pick a city. Uh Rancho Bernardo. You're in, it's a Sunday afternoon in Rancho Bernardo. That's in San Diego, by the way. Yeah, San Diego. Close to where you are, right? Not too far. Okay, not too far. And it's a, it's, it's a beautiful day and it's a soccer field, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a soccer game going on. There's young kids out there playing. It's fantastic. It, there's a, it's a crispness in the air. Everyone's, everyone's just enjoying the fact they're out playing, right? Mm-hmm. It's common sense that maybe you don't want to yell and scream at your child, right? Like it would be common sense, meaning that everyone knows these things. So we all operate under the same uh, behaviors and parameters. But let's just say there was a coach or a parent consistently just yelling consistently trying to correct that's not that that's against that kind of common space right you're going to have those parents who have a level of experience and understanding that's going to look at the way they did it the way they were coached the way they played whatever that end result was and they're probably going to more than likely be the parent who does more of the screaming, more of the yelling, more of the what we call sideline coaching, 
versus the ones that don't, they don't really know any better. But what ends up happening is the, the parent who really doesn't know any better, they start looking at the parent who seems to know better and they start duplicating that behavior. So I've seen I've seen many instances where you have someone who they look like an athlete. You can tell they played sports and they're screaming at their kid. And then you look over and you look at the, the mom or dad and you go, yeah, they've not played sports ever. But they think the way to motivate their kid, because that person played sports, I must behave that same way. So you're actually you're actually changing that environment, which ends up moving that sideline behavior onto the field. So now the kids start yelling at each other because they think that's the right thing to do. So I think mm. I think when you when you sort of pull it back and think, my gosh, whether you were a parent who played or a parent that didn't your behavior on the sideline is going to eventually roll over to the coach's behavior. But more importantly, it's going to roll over to the kid's behavior. I've seen kids that never said much on the field and all of a sudden they're screaming at each other, yelling at each other, yelling negative things to each other because they're watching the parents do the same thing from the stands. Wow. So they're modeling it. They're modeling that behavior. Now, what if, have you ever experienced where a, child yells back at a parent no you you went there didn't you <laughs> i may have been leading you this way you 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 so so i all told i'm you. saying is mr dj mr dorian jackson everyone's got the modeling i'm just saying what happens when a kid yells back at a parent well i mean what <laughs> what is that like i've never experienced it personally Oh, I've experienced it. That's you, where you're you going. Have? Yeah, because I told you that story offline, <laughs> and now you're bringing that story online. Hey, but you know what? I'll go ahead and tell it. You should. This is part of what this 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 podcast is all about, right? It's about bringing our experiences to the front so people can see it, and then we can go ahead and correct ourselves. Or if you'd like, you can tell about your behavior, and I'll correct you. Okay. <laughs> My oldest child. And don't change the story. My oldest child was playing soccer. I, I, he was probably uh, 10 years old. Matter of fact, 10 years old seems to be the right number. So we're going to go with 10 years old. And and he, again, as I said to JJ, I called him out and said, oh, you were an all-star. Every parent thinks their kid's an all-star. Every... Yeah, I'm no different. I was encouraging my son to run up and down the soccer field. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now, whoa, whoa, let me say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm what gonna... does encouraging mean? Yelling. No, those are not the same words. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the same. They're not the same. They but are not the same. My point is, is I thought Can I was encouraging. you give me an example? I thought, I'm going to give you an example. I'm I your kid. I'm not really running. I thought what did you say? I was encouraging my kid to run faster. And I didn't think he was putting forth his best, best effort. So on the so sideline. So what line, encouraging words did you use? I said, son, you need to run and you need to run now. Those were my exact words. Now there is inflection. Oh, there is facial expression. What was Everything. it like? Explain it to me. I mean, it had some meat behind it. Okay, okay. So if you were my son, I'd be saying, "JJ, you need to run faster." Oh, now see, now okay, you get I that. Get, that is. Did you feel that? That's a bit more than encouragement. Yeah, you're right. It's a little bit. No, it was, there was no encouragement there. It was all yelling. How many people looked at you? Uh, everyone who was on the 
Everyone who was sitting in this on the sideline wait, looked at me like, what is up with this crazy wait, dude? Wait. And by the way, I said it standing up on the sideline. I wasn't even sitting in my chair. So you are – okay, so we are talking about this, right, because you are now that – you are that guy we're just talking about. I'm totally that guy. Pre, I played sports, played in college, and now I've got a kid who's playing sports, and I'm that guy. Wow. Now you want to know what happened next? I, I – this is probably my favorite part of the story. <laughs> my son stopped in the middle of the game and turned at me and said, no, Dad, you hustle. <laughs> Ouch! Oh, holy! That's you know what that is though. That's truth being smacked in your face, bro. That that is truth. By the way, JJ, that was life changing and game changing to the hundredth degree. Right at that moment in time, I felt like a speck of sand on the beach. I felt so small, but good for him. Yeah, because. He had had enough. Believe me, you think that was the first time I'd done that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear this part. No, that was that was the first time I did it to where he heard me and he spoke back. <laughs> oh, believe oh me, I had I, I had hustled. Go get the ball. All the things that parents say. What I learned at that moment in time is that he was doing his best. Why wasn't his best good enough for me? Right. And believe me, it, it was a it was a big game changer in our relationship, but it was a big game changer in helping me understand I no longer wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And my job as a parent, especially someone who played, I put myself back when I was playing in high school. Not my dad passed away before I was playing college ball. My dad never said anything to me in the stands. And my dad was an athlete. My dad showed up. He sat down. He watched the game. When we got done, he said, great job. I love you. And we moved on. And I started thinking to myself, what am I doing here? I, I'm not saying I'm smarter than all the other sports parents out there. But what my son did that day was stand up for what he believed was right. Dad, your job is to love me and support me no matter how well or how bad I do. And encourage me to the best of your ability not to chastise me and embarrassed me in the middle of a soccer game. And I'm telling you what, it was it was game changing. We can laugh about it now because I know when I told you the story, oh, you were man. dying. But to look back on it in real time, and it's one of the best things that's ever happened because as he's progressed, as my youngest son progressed, I learned how to start to enjoy what they were going through instead of being that person, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to you know, do mental skills development coaching, do mentoring, do leadership development coaching, work with sports, work with parents, work with coaches, work with kids. Because that moment when I realized I was just like everybody else that I didn't like to see. Believe me, I sat on the sidelines and watched other parents behave this way and go, oh my gosh, what is wrong with them? Oh yeah. And then I became that parent that other people said, my gosh, what's wrong with them? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a great learning lesson. So again, we've seen both sides, JJ. And as we transition to talking about some different things about sports parents, I think that was a great ending story too. Regardless of whether you've played sports, like your dad did, encouraged you to work through injuries and work through struggles and challenges, he probably knew that there was a line. Maybe he didn't know there was a line because in during his time and his days, there was no line. This is kind of what you did. To someone like me who played sports and now has a kid like you, 
playing sports and I just didn't, I knew there was a line there, but at that moment in time, I crossed it without thinking twice. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the beauty of, of this podcast is to, to put out there who we are, who we've been and who we've become. Right. And so to, to transition that for those people who, you know, you guys who are listening, um, it w- you could have fallen, you could have kept falling short. And I think a lot of parents continue bad behavior because they don't have that kid that says, shut up, dad, you know, or mom, leave me alone. I, I want to just play or, I, you know, so we can give tools to parents. Uh, my dad was a fantastic coach and dad to me. He knew exactly how to push me. I never moved beyond uh, the uncomfortable, comfortable spot. So I never got pushed to the point to where I wanted to leave the sport, never play again. And he had a really great way to continuously motivate me to be better without having to yell at me. Now he did some crazy stuff like, you know, uh, all right, parents, let me just tell you this. I didn't tell you this story yet. When I was in first grade, my parents got called into the principal's office, the counselor's office, because I was writing everything backwards, right? I'm a left-hander and I was writing backwards. I was dyslexic, right? So the first questions that the counselor asked my parents are, hey, is anything going on at home? Anything, um, you know, different for JJ? My dad, my mom, like, no, no, nothing. No, nothing at all. Okay, well, we're going to work on it with him. My mom goes home to talk to my dad and says, hey, you know, is there anything going on that could really be making this happen? My dad kind of looks a little bit funny and is like, well, you know, I mean, there is that um, there is that thing I'm doing with him where I, I've tied his arm, his left arm to his side, and I'm making him throw with his right arm because we we can't have a left-handed infielder in the family. Like we have to have a right hand because you can't play infield throwing left-handed. Right. And my mom's like, uh, do you think that's the problem for our son about why he's writing things backwards? You tied his arm down then made him throw right-handed. And my dad's like, well, now I think about it. And I mean, come on, can you believe? And that's just another example. My dad's just thinking like, he's thinking like, I want an infielder, right? How many parents are really kind of good intentioned on it, but just don't know how to transition to be a positive, caring influence on their kids' sports engagement? Right. And, right? and part of that is not, not knowing what else that's going to cause. So as an example, right? I mean, do we know what kind of complex... Uh, living situations are created at home in the home environment because of what goes on on the sports field. Oh, jeez. You imagine that. Like, I mean, just a, a really hard parent who, you know, wants to always talk about things and you got kids who don't want to talk about that stuff. I mean, there's a... There, You're they, just going to retreat to your room. There's enough. There's enough pressure that goes on being a kid, right? There's enough pressure going on I mean, you're whether you're in elementary school, grade school, you're junior high, you're going through puberty, you're going through 
Oh, you're going through the different all kinds states, of stuff. Everything. And, and, and I don't think parents, again, especially sports parents, realize the things that they're creating in their child's mind that's going to somehow affect the way they live their life, and the way they relate to people, Agreed. the way Agreed. they the way they respect people, the way they trust people, the way they mirror people. Um, I, I think we, we have to sometimes think that one environment can have a dramatic impact on the other environment. And as we're sitting here telling stories about the way we were raised and the way my dad coached me, parented me, your dad coached you and parented you and how I coached and parent my, my son. The point I'm trying to make is, is we draw from experience. Of course. And the way we draw from experience is going to set the stage for years and years to come. So I think as a, a parent, you have to understand that the foundation that you're laying for your child and the way in which you coach them and develop them, you encourage them, you teach them, you mold them is going to have an effect on the rest of their life. True. And I think we're, we're sometimes we're short-sighted in thinking, well, I'm all I'm all your dad was trying to do is help you become an infielder, make you an infielder. All <laughs> I was trying to do is encourage my son to run faster without thinking, wait a second, whatever you're going to be, you're going to be. Whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. And of course, what's going to happen with the next generation and the next generation? And if we start to sit back and think about the impact that we're having. I think a large majority of us would take a big step back and say, oh, I wish I could have a, a redo. Mm. I wish I could do it again. Matter of fact, what about, what about going home after making a comment and thinking, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I wish I hadn't done that. And of course the guilt sets in. And then you know what? If you're not smart enough, you repeat the action again because you just can't seem to get out of your way. And I think, again, whether you are the, the proverbial screaming sideline parent, or you're the the quiet parent that never encourages. Sometimes, JJ, we haven't talked about this. What about silence? What about saying absolutely nothing? What does that do for the drive? What does that do for the confidence of a child who is out there performing at their best, trying to impress their parent? How many times did you go out there on the field and do everything you could so that your dad would be proud of you. I gotta be honest with you. I don't. I don't know if it may maybe subconsciously it was for me, but I mean, I was I was very lucky. My my parents both really just encouraged me in really positive ways to just be good at what I do and enjoy it. Honestly, I did not have that kind of yelling and screaming parent at me. Um, they, they did stuff right. You know, and if I, if, if from the first segment of this podcast, we could take one thing away from it to break it down. I would say the one thing that we, we should try and not do as parents is yell. Like, I mean, let's break it down real easy for people. Number one, don't yell at your kids. They have a coach, the coach, I'm sure during practices, during games, they have their moments where they're correcting their behavior. They're doing this stuff. Let the coaches do it. Don't yell. And, and I think maybe the other one is care about your kids' experience more than whether like they're, they're doing what you want them to do. 
Those are two good takeaways from the first half of this podcast, right? I, I mean, so. and I know it sounds so simple to do, but I know it's hard. I sat next to my best friend watching his sons play on the basketball court uh, just a couple months ago after his wife said, hey, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a problem yelling and screaming. I'm like, really? He does? Oh, he's pretty easy going. There's no way that's true. Oh, no, it was true. And I had to sit next to him and go, bro, you got to you got to enjoy this, man. Look at your kids. They're both playing on the same team. Look at how do you know how much fun it is to me to watch? Yeah, I know. But you know how frustrating frustrating for who you're not playing, bro. Calm down. Don't yell. Sit back and enjoy the game. That's a that's a really like no one ever told me that as a parent. Sit back and enjoy the game. I was lucky enough to enjoy watching my kids play sports and just really enjoy it. I got to coach them. I got to do, and, and it was interesting and fun. Um, but man, that don't yell, encourage your kid, be caring. I mean, those are three great points. What, what would you say to a parent who's, who comes up to you and says, ah, I think I got a, I think I got an issue. Like, I think I'm a little too this or too that. What would, I mean, would you break it down like that? That's pretty simple, right? Yeah, it, it is pretty simple. I, I think parents, as a, as a collective group could do a better job together influencing positive behavior. So as an example, I talked a little bit earlier about you see parents who are taking, I, I guess, direction from another parent by being a little bit more vocal because they think that's the right thing to do because that particular parent played sports. But what about the other parents having a positive influence on the group by saying, you know what, we should just sit down and enjoy our kids. The ride is going to go by so fast. I mean, if you really think about it, a kid starts playing sports at four. And they, in theory, unless they go on beyond high school, they're going to finish at 17 or 18. 14 years is not a long time. It goes by in a blink of an eye. Could we utilize the strength and, and I say, I'm going to use the word courage, JJ, because it takes a lot of courage for someone to stand up to somebody who's yelling at a kid. Not everybody's willing to confront someone and say, hey, you know what, partner, buddy, miss, you should sit down and be a little bit quieter. Maybe you should just sit back and enjoy. Most people don't want to get involved with someone who's screaming and yelling because they see confrontations getting ready to happen. But if more people got together and said, listen, during this game, as parents, we're going to sit here and enjoy our kids' time because the clock is ticking. And when this ends, that's it. But Dorian, the coach is terrible. But Dorian, the coach is terrible. The coach makes all the wrong decisions, Dorian. JJ. I have to yell and scream because if not, the coach keeps making the same mistakes. Yeah, you know my thinking on you that, know what JJ, I mean? is that's what you hear. Yeah, and, and guess what? You don't see these same parents going on to the school grounds and sitting in the math class, and the English <laughs> class, and the history class, and the sociology class, yelling, hey, that teacher is horrible. Yeah. You know what they do? They spend additional time with their kids in homework and reading and saying, hey, you got to do better here so that you can do better in the classroom. So what a novel concept. How about we take our kids who are not performing at their best, and why don't we do extra practice with them? How many, how many drive by parks today? And how many parents do you see at the park with their kids just playing catch or shooting a basketball or, or, or kicking the soccer ball? 
Not many parents are willing to put in the extra work that it takes. So you know what we have? We have volunteer coaches. Yeah. I am not a big fan of parents screaming at coaches and berating coaches and behind the coach's back telling the athlete that the coach is horrible mm-hmm. when they're not willing to put forth the effort to teach the kids. And by the way, JJ, they're not willing to volunteer to coach. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many times in Little League are, are, are organizations screaming, going, hey, we need volunteers. And that same parent who's willing to scream at their kid for not performing well will not step up and say, hey, I'll be a coach. You know, uh, thinking about it now, I, I've had I had some great parenting because you know who was my T-ball coach? Your dad? Nope. Your mom? My mom. Oh, I had a girl. My mom and my grandfather. So you got all your skills from your they mom. They took it. They took it. No one stepped up and they said, you know what? Homestead Savings T-ball team deserves to have coaches. So my mom was my T-ball coach. Not my dad, my mom. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? They just stood up. And I, I have to agree with you. You know, I, I sat uh, the last two days uh, coaching my daughter in missing math assignments. And I had to sit there like a coach right beside her, be encouraging, be strict, have her follow some rules. And she's uh, she's progressing in her math, bro. Right? I mean, again, don't yell. It, 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 it is not all the coach's fault, and it is not all your kid's fault. So, right? So, should you know there, what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, so should, should there be a parental code of conduct? Yes. That should be presented by every coach who coaches youth sports. A sit down conversation with the parents. I don't care if you have to make them sign it. I don't know what you have to do, but. Shouldn't each parent who shows up to youth sports events have signed a code of conduct that they're going to abide by a certain set of rules and regulations? Because guess what? The kids have to abide by rules and regulations. The coach says, you got to show up on time. Yep. You don't play. You got to hustle. You got to treat your teammates with respect. You got to be kind to your coaches. You don't you, talk to the umpires. You don't talk to the umpires. Should the parents not live up to the same set of rules? Uh, I, 100%. Because I can tell you right now. When my son was 10 and I made that comment, if the coach had said, you violated the code of conduct rules, you cannot come back. You can't, you cannot attend the next game. (laughs) Wait, 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 let's be real. What would that conversation have been like? Excuse me, Mr. Jackson. Um, Your outburst today has gotten you a one game suspension. Come on. What's the real response? I'm going to tell you something. As a coach, as a coach who coached youth sports, I would have adhered to any rules and and code of conduct and guidelines that the coach set forth, and I would have absolutely not attended that next game. You would have stomped your feet? No. You would have shook your head? No. You would have you would have given them any little business? No. No business. Not if I signed a code of conduct and I stepped outside of bounds and I violated the code of conduct then my punishment would be the same as my kid's punishment if he didn't show up to practice on time or if he missed a game. I believe that you did get punished. Oh, no. I I, I, I have a feeling that there's this person. I think her name is Miss Jackson. <laughs> I think Miss Jackson maybe have given you a little business when you got home after that game. 
No. You know what she did? No. You know what Miss Jackson did? Miss Jackson? You know what Miss Jackson did? Ooh. She said, that's what you get. <laughs> oh, yes. That's fantastic. That's what you get for running your mouth. That is fantastic. And I was like, yeah, I got exactly what I deserved. Yeah. So the answer is, yeah, I would definitely not show up to the next game if a coach asked me not to based on my behavior. The, and I don't know why a lot of coaches aren't willing to do it. When I coached Little League, I had a code of conduct that my parents signed before this beginning of the season. We sat down, had a parent meeting, and I said, you know what? I've watched it too much. I've violated these rules. You're going to live up to these rules. If your kids don't show up on time, they're not going to play. If you misbehave in the stands, guess what? You can't be here. And if you insist on being here, your kid's not going to play. Someone's going to be impacted. Mm. But you have to be willing to step up and set these rules and guidelines and get people to follow them. If not, you're going to continue down the path that we see parents sitting on the stands, screaming, yelling, having a negative influence on raising kids on a sports field. We sometimes as parents sit back and see that and we wonder, oh my gosh, what happens next? We haven't even talked about what happens when they get in the car. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna not talk about that now because that's going to be a, a subject for another oh, time. The drive, the drive home. home. Oh my gosh. Oh. So you can just, JJ, imagine oh. if, you're, if you're willing to go sit down with a teacher and talk about your kid's education to help them become better. Instead of screaming from the stands, why can't you just sit down with the coach and say, by the way, coach, what can I do to help my son or daughter get more playing time? What can I do to help their behavior? What can I do to influence them to be a better teammate? We do it in education. Yeah. You know why? Because teachers in education are willing to sit down with parents and say, this is what we need from you. I think more coaches, and if you're a coach and listening to this, I believe it's partly your responsibility. If you break it down into three components, parents, players, and coaches, you have 33% of the responsibility to sit down mm. and set the stage for what that, that experience is going to be like. You want a positive parental experience. You want a positive athlete experience. You want a positive coaching experience. Why don't you lay the foundation for what that's going to look like? You can maybe not eliminate it, JJ, but you can minimize the sideline coaching. You can minimize the negative influence between the kids and the parents. You can minimize the negative influence of the other parents isolating themselves from certain other parents. There's a lot of things that you can change, redirect by just setting the foundation of, hey, there's a code of conduct that we're all going to follow. As a matter of fact, if you want a code of conduct, I have one. You do. I still have a parental code of conduct sheet that... My parents signed when my my oldest son is 25 when he was 12 years old. I still have that document. Wow. That's a that's an impressive thing to to be able to lay the foundation for how not only student athletes act, how coaches act. I'm sure in that there's also responsibilities of coaches. Coaches have to, you know, that everyone has responsibility, right? I, I love that 33% shared all the way across the board. Right. Everybody's got skin in the game. And, you know, listen, the parents who sit in the stands and they're quiet and they're kind and they're encouraging, you know, there are other parents out there go, well, they're, they're weak. They don't have a voice. I, I don't agree with that. Sure. I think that parent is under control. That parent gets that they're there 
to be supportive. That key word is supportive. So how do we get that parent who's gung-ho, who's excited, who crosses the line to just simply go, listen, I need to be like that parent. Could that parent, that positive parent, be a better influence on what we consider to be the negative parent? If there was only a podcast out there that talked about how life is a game of inches and how small little things can make huge differences, man, the world would be a better place. I mean, it's just little things, right? You just don't say that one thing that's going to just toss your kid to one side or the other. You just sign that parental agreement instead of, oh, I'm not doing that. No way. Another team. Let's go. AAU it is. Let's yeah. go over there. You're not going to tell me. No, to you're do. not going to. No. Okay. Okay. Just those little things, right? That's what we're talking about. And this podcast is about the tiniest inch, tiny little change that you can just nuance almost just to make a difference. And there's the one. Control yourself. Imagine. <clears throat> just that. Just imagine if an entire basketball arena just made that tiny little change of we're going to say, go team, instead of, hey, hustle more. Right. Or or the parent who makes comments about other people's children where the other parents can hear it. Yes. To their kid? Yes. Ooh. I want I want story about this. Dude, imagine imagine sitting in the stands and you're listening to another parent of your same team talking bad about another child. So the parent could hear it. Do you think for one second that parent hasn't already had a conversation with their own kid to say, hey, Junior, Junior's no good. Don't pass him the ball. Hey, Junior's no good. The reason you guys lost is because he didn't catch the, you know, catch the ball or catch the pass, whatever it is may be. Or, or little Julie doesn't hustle, so don't give her the ball in the soccer field. I mean, imagine how negative and how that influences the behavior on the sports field and it makes it harder for a coach to create chemistry because in the back of that one kid's mind is like, my parents said, don't give them the ball. Mm. Don't support them. And not only that, they say it in the stands where the parent can hear it. So that parent goes home going, I don't want to go there anymore. All of a sudden now, the parent doesn't want to go support their own kid at the sporting event because they got to listen to a negative parent. Mm. That's rough. Imagine how we can change the dynamics of that by just getting ourselves under control, just understanding the influence that we're having. Our kids look up to us. A lot of kids want to be like their parents. And what ends up happening is you are absolutely influencing their behavior and how they treat other people by what you're doing. Cause you're like, Hey, okay, here's one for you, JJ. You ever seen the movie, movie 42 with Jackie Robinson? Yes. Which I happen to be. You guys can't see it, but JJ can. I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing my Jackie Robinson shirt today. The movie 42 with Jackie, there's a scene. Ooh. And the little gets, boy. The little boy. gives me goosebumps that this little boy, and if you've never seen 42 or if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Little kid goes to the game for the first time with his dad. Popcorn. Popcorn. He's got his glove. Got his glove. He's excited. His his favorite player, Pee-wee. Oh. Pee-wee Reese, his favorite player. He's there to watch Pee-wee. 
And here comes Jackie Robinson. And of course, you know, back in those days, people didn't take kindly to Jackie being the first black, black athlete, first African-American playing Major League Baseball. And all of a sudden, all these people were chanting things that they shouldn't be chanting. Little boy looks up at his dad like, what the hell are you, what's going on here? What are you doing? He, the dad starts dropping the end bomb. Mm. And what do you think the little boy does? Takes right after it, baby. Takes right after his pops. Because guess what? Pops must know best. What was most impactful about that scene was not even so much that the the kid used the same word that his dad did and everyone else in that environment was using. But then he saw his hero, Pee Wee, put his arms around Jackie Robinson. Yep. And hug Jackie. And all of a sudden, the kid's like, uh-oh. What did I do? My hero, the guy I look up to on the sports field, actually likes Jackie Robinson. He he is now thinking to himself, what did I do? And how, how bad of a mistake did I make by falling in line with my dad versus my childhood hero? Yeah. And, and to me, that epitomizes what we're talking about here today. The fact that we can do things, we can say things that are being observed by our kids and by other kids and by other parents. And by just making a small few changes, we can change the direction of not just sports, but our culture in general. Listen, I'm, I'm not here to, listen, I'm not preaching. I'm just saying there are lots of examples that we see happening in front of our faces where if we open our eyes, we can make some adjustments. Oh, I say preach. Well, I, I say it. Go for it. I'm, I mean, I was going to say hallelujah. I was ready. I was ready to just get in there with you of hallelujah, baby. That's it. You're right there. Because it's it's the right thing to do, Jay. And it's it's so, is it simple? It's got to be. You just have to make that tiny, those tiny little steps, those tiny little changes, those just little bits that will really make a difference. I know when I coach football, I said to my team all the time, I said, guys, it's not about 40-yard plays. It's not about 60-yard plays. It's about three and a half yards every single down, and we win every single game. All day long, it's tiny bits. Three and a half yards. It's not 50 yards. It's not this you have to go and sit with a psychiatrist, psychologist, and, and lay on a couch and get your mind right in order to – no. Don't yell. Be supportive. Remember, you're a model. Come on. Yeah, that's it, those are little things we can all make. Yeah, if, if if you if you look at raising kids in sports, and you draw some comparisons or some life analogies. Okay, here's one for you, JJ. Um, you have six children. Six kids. Six kids, right? Did you teach any of them how to drive? Yeah. Did you, at some particular point in teaching them how to drive, say, if you run that red light, something bad can happen? Oh, yeah. If you even run a yellow light, something bad can happen. If you aren't paying attention, something bad can happen. And, you know, the difference between green, yellow, and red is very small. But the outcome could be catastrophic. Absolutely. And I think what we're talking about is that that one time that I yelled at my oldest my oldest child 
sort of brought me back down to that one little place of, I just made a huge mistake that could have a catastrophic impact on his life unless we're able to move through it. So that one instance of making a comment, not just changed how the parents viewed me, how my kid viewed me, how my wife viewed me, how the coach viewed me, but it changed how I viewed myself. Mm. No different than the other life skills that we're teaching our kids as they're growing up. Not doing a math quiz, not studying for your homework. The difference between a B and a C. Yeah. The difference between getting into Stanford or going to junior college. There's small little incremental gains that you can make one way or the other that's going to have a dramatic impact. And I think the lesson that I learned that I was able to share with you guys today is if I want my kids to grow up and to take the things that I've shared with them as a parent on to the next generation, I got to, I got to control myself. Now we're not saying that we're all angels. We're not saying that was the last incident. We don't have enough time to talk about other situations, not today, but even though I learned a valuable lesson, there's still a couple more times during my kids playing careers where I crossed that line of, thinking that they can do better. Mm. So it's not always going to be fixed immediately, but I think it's the long-term gain and having a conscience and being aware enough and humble yourself enough as a parent to say, you know what? I'm going to make some changes. Yeah. And it's okay. I don't, I don't mind admitting it. And I think that's the first sign of getting better is just saying, Hey, not that I have a, a chronic problem, but I got to make some changes. Well, not only that, but, your time with your kids playing sports is limited, right? And do you want the memory to be you yelling and screaming or, or is it celebrating and supporting? You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. At the end of the day, do you want that experience of them playing sports when they're no longer playing sports? Be one of positivity or one that, man, I just don't want to go back to that time. Yeah, it, it's tough. Sounds like, but you, you were, see, you were on the other side. Like you had, you had parents who supported you, parents who encouraged you, parents who were involved. Now I had other coaches who were very rough. Really? Oh, big time. Oh yeah. Now looking back, my, my, my little league coach, who was one of my dad's best friends growing up and my, one of my best friends, father growing up. I mean, I'm thankful for that guy. He pushed and pushed and pushed and yelled and screamed and made me a really good baseball player. I didn't realize that I hated that man. I hated him until we got to high school and he sat in the, he sat, he sat in the, in the stands. And afterwards he come up and go, man, JJ, that's a great game. Great game. And I'd be like, thanks. Thanks. Thanks coach. And I was like, wow, he transformed me. Right. So there is there is there is a yin and yang of, of that kind of how you can do it. He knew what I could take. He was a good coach. I didn't know that at 10, 12, 11, you know, 13 years old. But he did. He had that way of pushing me just a little bit. And then I had a good place to go home to. You know, I did. I, I, was, I was very lucky in that way. I think, JJ, for, for our first podcast out of the gate, I'm glad we picked this topic. We've been missing sports through this pandemic. Oof. I mean, it's big been, time. I mean, I can't tell you, JJ, how many parks and wrecks I've driven by and I see kids out there 
playing ball. And I, I see, you know, you, you pull up to the, the 7-Eleven, you see kids getting on their uniforms and their parents are excited again. The country needed sports to come back. So I, I thought this was a great topic to kick us off because it's a good time to sit back and remind ourselves of really what's important. And, and I, listen, I've, I've coached a lot of parents on understanding that the, 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 the tougher they are on their kids, how much of a gap there or separation they're creating in a relationship between them and their kids. You know, I said, I said, quick story here. I, I said to a parent one time, I said, you know, you, you had your child, a bundle of joy, you wrapped them up in your arms. You loved them. You hugged them. You caressed them. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then at 12 years old, the kid didn't want to get in the car with you because yeah. they didn't like the way you treated them after a sporting event. Right. I'm like, if you could do it all over again, would you do the same thing? And they would go, no, I would not do the same thing over again. So how can we convey a message to the parents who are not even parents yet of, of athletes or parents who are, are, are in, in the current stage of working with their kids, getting through sports? How can we convey a message of the importance of creating a positive environment, encouraging environment, but not being too soft? Because that's what some people might listen and go, oh man, you guys, you guys are being soft here. How can we encourage and support without being too soft? It goes back to what your kid said to you. No, dad, you hustle. It goes back to that. We need that t-shirt made up. No, dad, you hustle. Oh, dude. Seriously. That's a great idea. No, dad, you hustle. All right, you're going to put up the money for it. Of course not. Okay. No, no. no. But no, dad, you hustle. I'm, that's a pretty powerful statement. Let me ask you a question. How many parents out there, this is a great one. JJ, give me a percentage. How many parents out there whose kid would say that to them would take it the way I took it or go, oh, hell no. You're not going to talk to me that way. I'm your parent. You don't ever speak to your parent that way. Isn't that kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the positive side. I'm going to say 50, 50. I'm going to say 50, 50. Honestly, I think 50, 50. Really? Yeah. I think more like 75, 25, 25% would be okay with it. I think 75% of people would not be okay with it. I think you, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just going to go on the positive side. I'm going to say 50, 50. I think for the, for the parent that gets kind of put in their place by their kid who has some self awareness or a wife or a friend who's sitting there going, Oh yeah, bro, your kid just got you good. Like you should listen to your kid. I mean, I, I, I I'm going to go that route. You, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I think, I think people would, they have the ability to listen and I'm, I'm not a good person for this, you know, not tough love. I, I'm, I'm, I'm way bad. I'm very bad in the tough love. I push and I push and I push with my kids and it's wrong. And there have been times when Things have been said back to me where I go, damn, I blew it. I blew it. And I had to put my tail between my legs, walk into that kid's room and go, I blew it. I totally blew it. You know what I would like? I would like for, for people to walk away from this podcast if they're in that 75% range of what I think would not accept it to think, how about sitting down with my kids saying, hey, what don't you like about 
what I do and say at your sporting event. Oh, man. When I come to your next sporting event, what would you like to see from me and have the kid just go, I got carte blanche to say, sit down, shut up, and say nothing. And if you're going to say something, it should be positive. Mm. Like, like wow. what if, what if each, I mean, like, just take one topic, one thing, showing up at a sporting event. We're not talking about the ride home. We're not talking about other parents. We're not talking about coaches. We're talking about one thing, son or daughter, that I can do better when I attend your sporting event. How much of a difference? Do that today. Those of you listening, do that. Do that today. Do it tomorrow. And and insert whatever works best for you. Insert what's best for you. Um, my my little girl's name is Lily. Lily, when it comes to helping you with your homework, what could I do better? In fact, I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm going to do that. Dude, that's great. I'm going to go home and do that tonight. I'm going to say. Lily, I know it's been rough with math lately. What can I do? What am I doing? Say the sentence to me again. What's the one thing I can do better to be more supportive of you in whatever it is that they're doing? Okay. What can I do to be more supportive of you in your math homework? I'm going to go home and do it tonight. One thing. One thing. Don't give me, don't give me six, six things. I'm a simple man. I need one thing. I can change one thing because we're talking about Life's a game of inches. Inches. Tiny little thing I can change that's going to make the difference. That helps you and your love environment it. move forward. I love it. You helped me today. Well, you know what? And This you got, could be the first. And you got, dude, this will not be the last. It won't? Dude, it will not be the last time that I help you or you help me. All right. I could go with that kind of podcast. But we know that. Uh, well, I mean. I hope so. I'm probably going to help you more than you help me. I, I don't know. You, I don't know. You're going to get me to embarrass myself a lot. I hope so. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. That's, that's my jam. That's what's freaking awesome. That's what I'm, I, I'm, I am going to sit with Miss Jackson and I am going to find some dirt. Yeah. Well. For all the upcoming podcasts. You know what's crazy, bro? Is you don't have to dig that deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, hey. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. So yeah, what, what's the, what's the process here? What are we doing? Well, Jay, you know, it, it's been a blast because I'm new to this. So yeah. And, and I'm not, you're a pro. Well, I'm kind of semi-pro. I mean, I'm, I mean, we're going to get better semi-pro semi-pro over time. Semi-pro. Like I'm in the minor leagues, triple A, triple A, trying to get to the big leagues. You and I are going to get to the big leagues together. There's no doubt, but based on the, the conversation and based on what's next, I think we need to talk about that ride home. Mm. Matter of fact, JJ, I think we not only need to talk about the ride home, we need to talk about the ride to and the ride home. Because what you talk about on the way to the field is setting the foundation for what's going to happen then. And what you talk about when you leave that sporting event is going to set the foundation for what happens next. So folks, love it. You heard it from us today. Love it. The next podcast. Life is a Game of Inches with Dorian Jackson and J.J. Williams will be focused on the ride home and the ride to the Mm. next sporting event. Listen, it's been an honor and a pleasure, J.J. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. I'm looking forward to a lot of fun stuff we're going to be doing today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Life is a Game of Inches. Life's a Game of Inches, baby. With J.J. Williams and Dorian Jackson. Until next time, make it a great day. Peace. Peace out.